0: I'm Alex Mito, and I'm James Milley, and this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is Alex Mito, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the US, and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. I'm also one of our two hosts here on the Artist Business Plan, along with my partner James Milley. We now reach over 5,000 monthly listeners in 90 countries around the globe and growing every single week. Today, we've got Pauline Loeb brenant here with us on the mic. Pauline is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to maximize your art fair experience. I don't know about you, but I am very, very excited to hear what she has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners.
1: Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Art Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are
0: back here with Pauline, and we're ready to change the way you think about your art career. Pauline has always been surrounded by art. Her father was an auctioneer and was bringing her every week to auction houses and museums. She studied art history and worked for eight years in Galerie Kugel, a blue chip antique art gallery in Paris. During that time, she discovered art fairs, a true crush. She immediately fell in love with the atmosphere and all the possibilities they offer, which is great because we are an art fair. She then created Art Fair Mag to promote these fairs, regardless of their size or prestige. Since September, she has also interviewed influential art dealers in their fields as well. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Pauline.
2: Thank you so much, Alex. It's it's so nice to be here.
0: The pleasure is all ours, and we're glad to have you. Now, before we dive into the content of our interview, Pauline, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art?
2: I wouldn't say that it's one isolated moment. It's more like a whole environment. Because as you said, I had a father who was an auctioneer and I come from a very old French family. So it was all about art, antique art everywhere. I mean, our house was full of antiquities like antique furniture, antique painting of some of our ancestors. And full of art books we were going to museums every times uh, every weeks so i was surrounded by art like you said my father was taking me every week to uh, auction houses and especially i don't know if you if you're familiar with uh, this place but it's hotel so it's a very large auction house in paris and there is this amazing atmosphere you have all these auctions that are taking place at the same time. So you can go from one room to another, like see one sale and then change and go to another. There are all these people speaking loudly and, and being excited. And there is this tension in this desire and maybe like a bit of mess. And so as a kid, it was my, my perfect paradise. I spent so many hours uh, there, and uh, looking at absolute treasures and and you know not so great arts in, in the same time. And so I've known quite young actually that I wanted to evolve in the art world. To be honest, I'm I'm definitely not an, an artist. I, I'm so bad when it comes to creation. I mean, my three years old daughter's draws way better than I do. So. It was pretty sure that it it was going to be in the art market, but I didn't want it to walk, you know, in my father's footsteps. So I've decided to join a gallery, and then I, I've the gallery Google, as you said. So yeah, yeah, it's absolutely thanks to auction house that I've knew I, that I was dedicated my my life to to art.
0: I love that, and the way you describe the atmosphere of those auction houses in Paris it just makes me want to be there. And I'm sure our listeners, many of them feel the same. And auctions are just this really interesting part of the art world that many of us are aware of but haven't actually been to or been around. So the fact that that's where you came from, you have such an interesting story of your father being an auctioneer and being around it, I think it's so cool how that brought you into the art world. And I'm sure you're more creative than you think, but I understand, you know, <laughs> into it as more of like in the market side of it and not as an artist, because that's kind of my own path as well. So <laughs> I think it's really interesting. And I'm, I'm thankful to you for sharing that. My pleasure. You're welcome. So now from there, let's jump off into our questions. So Pauline, you are self-proclaimed all about art fairs. As the leading source of art fair information, what are some tips you have for artists on finding the fair that is the perfect match for them so that they can maximize their probability of not only being accepted, but also prospering and doing well in the fair?
2: I love art fairs. And in the last 10 years, I've visited so many art fairs and I've been a visitor, a collector, and an exhibitor as well. So... I forged uh, this very strong relationship with art fairs. And I love them so much that I quit my job three years ago. And I've founded Artfairmac, as you said, the only global art fair database. And I've come out with this project because I wanted to be more than a collector or a visitor. I, I truly wanted to be part of it, like to be an actor. And so now the website has become real, like it lists more than 400 fairs. And it's a great tool to find any fairs by date, by place, by interest, and to get all the, the relevant info about it. So, from that perspective, I can try <laughs> to give some useful tips uh, because, you know, participating in a fair is is so crucial for all artists and maybe especially the ones that are not represented by a gallery because it opens doors you might never expect. And it uh, really gives you an exposure, like it, it tremendously increase, uh, increases your reach because you are going to see tens of thousands of visitors in a few days and you will get some inspiration because you are going to be uh, confronted with so many different artworks, with so many different styles, with so many different techniques and mediums. And this is going to maybe inspire you in the way you are creating. And it's not about like comparing yourself. It, it's more like nurturing your creativity. And finally, you will have all this connection because you will meet interesting people you would, you would never have met otherwise. That's a crucial, a vital experience for an, art, for an artist. So first thing is, of course, to choose the right fare. You have to really find a fair that fits you, uh, which matches your expectations. So you have to ask yourself about the ethos you are looking for the type of visitors the type of reach is it a regional reach a national and international reach if you prefer a more specialized fair like which only focuses on i don't know one media like let's say work on paper for drawing art fair or photo for a pet photography fair i don't know there are plenty and then once you have chosen a fair you can begin to investigate. So, don't be afraid. Check out their website. Read their statements and news. It would be very nice to have the exhibitors from the year before and to ask some of them about their past experience. Did they enjoy it? How was the atmosphere? Was it a success? Did the organizer truly care about them? So, yeah, once again, don't be shy because you know people like to share their experience, maybe once it's it's over, but and of course, you can go on Art Fair Mike because I've collected insights from more than um, ninety five fair directors, uh, including you uh, Alex <laughs> <laughs> and so they share their views and they tell the show, and you know they are the best person to do so because. Um, I mean, the fair is, is actually the baby, if I, could, if I can put it like that. So this will enlighten you about the DNA of the fair, about its spirit. And so you're going to see if it fits your expectation. And of course, try to visit the fair like physically when everything will be back to normal. Okay, so now let's say you're 100% sure that you want to apply to this precise fair. You have to really be careful when you read the condition because there are so many conditions to be met. So send exactly what, you're there, what they ask for, like in number of images, the file types, the sizes, the, the, the topic. I've, di- I've discovered this um, a few days ago, actually, but you can check, check out some call sites such as cafe or the application, and that can really help you to see how the submission process works. and I think you can even apply directly on them, but I'm, I'm not really sure about this one. Another thing would be to send the more picture you can, because the jury like would get a, bit, a better idea of your art and your style. So my advice would be to invest in some professional and high quality pictures that show the true likeness of your artwork. And of course, um, try to plan ahead because you want to have the time to gather all these required files, pictures, and you know maybe to have the time to refine your statement and so on. So, like this, you won't feel completely overwhelmed when the deadline to submit finally arrives.
0: I love all of that, Pauline. And I just want to kind of summarize it for everyone who's listening out there because I think there's so much value in what Pauline has just said. And that's not just because I happen to own an art fair, although that helps. I do agree, like, participating in art fairs is so crucial for artists. And especially if you're not represented or you don't have reach in a specific area, you know, participating in increasing your reach, meeting different people, collectors, journalists, other artists, so vital. And it starts with choosing the right fair. So and I like what you said, Pauline, about finding a fair that fits you, matches your expectations and ethos, and what you're trying to do, whether that's regional, national, international reach. And instead of just trying to get into anything that'll take you, really kind of narrowing it down. It's not only going to increase your chances of being accepted into the fair itself, but it's going to increase your chances of actually doing well and getting what you want out of it. So really, you know, taking that time to think about where you want to go, like geographically, but also like what fair fits you best investigating, you know, check out the website. Read their media coverage, I and mean, that's something with Superfine. You can Google Superfine Art Fair and click that news tab on Google. You'll find every article ever written about us, so you can you know flip through and learn about what we are. It's a great way to find out, and a third party way, and also obviously every fair's website. Reaching out to past exhibitors is great. You find out like you know, did they enjoy the experience? Was it a success? Did they you know? And I would often ask you to look beyond like, did they triple their money at the fair, and just be like, did you end up with you know, do you have long term connections? Did you? Did anything positive come out of it for you? Because often that's the metric you need to associate with participating in a fair. Not to say you can't make money because ultimately you can, but and often do, but it, you know, really what are the long-term and mid-term effects that others have gotten from a show? Did Was it successful for them? And don't be shy because people like to talk about themselves and their experiences. Go on Art Fair Mag. Definitely. I'm, I was interviewed on there. Uh, 90 art fair directors giving their perspectives on that. Uh, that's how you can get to know the personality of each fair and there really is no better resource online that's just you know like aggregating all these different art fairs and what they're about and what their ethos are and lastly if you can try to visit the fair in person but you know we know that's difficult right now but if you can't do it and i'm adding my own little addendum here um a lot of times there are videos online we have a youtube channel and many other fairs do as well take a look at a video of the show and see if you can gauge the personality of the show from that as well And when you are 100% sure, be careful, read the conditions of the show. And I really, really, really like what you said, Pauline, about sending exactly what they ask for. I mean, that's so critical. And to get off on the right foot, I I swear Pauline is not paid by super fine. (laughs) our, Our main things we ask for is just that, you know, if we ask for this many images in this format and labeled this way. If you send them that way, you're more likely to be featured on our social media. You're more likely to be included in media pitches. You're more likely to get other opportunities within the fair. It's just a better look for you as an artist if you follow the directions and read them clearly rather than just kind of ignoring them or not paying attention. It's, it's so important. Sending the most pictures you can and are able to. Uh, they get a really good idea of your art and style. And that goes beyond the admissions process. And it actually, like I said, you know, it goes into the opportunities with press, with, with social media features. Like if I just have like five blurry photos of your work, even if it's good, I just can't do anything with it. Cause nobody's going to write about it. New York times is not going to put a blurry cell phone photo and we can't really put it on our Instagram either. Send us good photos. And, you know, we ask for them, we give really good specifications, but send those and send some of you working in your studio or standing with your art. And those become things that get featured. So invest in high quality pictures. I could not agree more. Um, if you happen to have a great camera and you're a good photographer, by all means do it. But if not, you know, find a way and there's these sites like Fiverr and there's, you know, places you can find people who might come out for an hour or two and shoot your work. It's costly, but it's like, I agree with you, Pauline, it's really worth the investment and really, really plan ahead that, you know, That I could not agree with more.
2: That was a great summary. Thank you.
0: (laughs) You're very welcome. Thank you. And thank you for giving us the advice. That's where it really comes from. So cool. So now we have our imaginary artist who's looking at their future art fair experience. Let's let's give them a guide. So once they're at their perfect match for a fair, what are some tips for them to stand out from the crowd? So I found my fair, but how do I stand out and how do I make my work really pop at a show, at a fair?
2: That's a very good question, of course, because, you know, being an exhibitor is way more than just, you know, filling a booth with your art and waiting for something to happen. So it, it really requires a huge amount of, of time and energy. I mean, it, it's quite insane. Think about it. You have the application and then the preparation, and then you have to install, and the long and tight days standing and, and talking... Are hardly eating, to be honest, and de and, and unpacking, and shipping again, inventing all the artwork when you're back. And I mean, it's so much work. So we want you to receive the maximum benefit of it. So first thing before the fair, you have to really spread the good news and tell your audience about your upcoming participation. Because the idea is to get the more potential buyers to come, right? So um, I would advise you to send invitation, to ask your friend to pass along the invite, to send maybe a newsletter to your mailing list, to give a call on the client you like. And of course, of course, and this is maybe the major part, use social media to engage people emotionally. Because on Instagram, I think it's a bit more than just having a look on nice pieces or nice photos. As a follower, when you follow an artist, you want to feel like you are part of his journey, if I can say this uh, like that. Post some picture of a piece you are going to to bring, even, you know, a a close-up or explain the story behind your works or speak about your excitement or I don't know your anxiety because like this your audience will get super excited and will be so happy to come and say hello and they will bring people to your booth of course another thing is it costs a lot to exhibit in a fair so you you should create your budget and working out all the costs you are going to face admission fees if there are any transport hotel setting up the booth the shipping uh, and eventually the extra staff you are going to hire to to give your hand and you have some like you you can <laughs> minimize a little bit your costs by having different quotes from your suppliers because it's actually crazy how different two prices can be for uh, the same provision. So be very careful with uh, quotes. I would also say to um, do plenty of to-do lists. Like, I love to-do lists. (laughs) I don't know about you, Alex, but I'm crazy about to-do lists because it's so helpful when it comes uh, to organization. And when I was doing a Tefaf Maastricht, because when I was working in the Gallery Kugel, we were exhibiting to Tefaf Maastricht every year. And we were bringing more than 300 pieces every edition. 300 pieces. So you can easily imagine, like, it was a crazy organization. And just to be sure, I was not forget anything. I was doing, I don't know, dozens of lists. You can make lists to for the pieces, for your suppliers, for, for your prices, for the shipping. So that's very convenient, of course. You should bring some extra pieces because you are going to sell of, of fully. And if your collectors want to leave the fair with their artwork, or if they want to, to receive it quickly after the fair, you will have an empty space. And we don't want that, of course, because it's a complete waste. So make sure to bring some extra pieces so you can replenish your world as sales occur. And, 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 and be sure you bring some affordable ones. I don't know. It can be, it depends on what you do, but prints or very small pieces are... Your old pieces, I don't know, something more affordable because, of course, it won't monetize your booth. But it's an easy purchase, and it's an an easy purchase for someone who is not your collector yet. And then he can get to know you and he may buy bigger pieces in the future. Of course, when it comes to booth itself, you have to make an effort to create the nicest booth possible because you know in a fair like concurrence is is huge is fierce you have hundreds of booths lined up and i'm sure a good looking setup will make the difference and and you know i'm not, i'm not speaking about some fancy artifacts but you know small efforts which can make uh, a big difference so i don't know you can place your work in a very strategic manner so that people walking by can see it from the aisles and make sure your space is clear because it's so annoying to have, you know, massive furniture and most of the time it's useless. And, you know, we are feeling cramped as visitors. And so, no, we don't want that. We want like energy to freely circulate. Of course, invest in a high-quality logo so that people can see and remember your name very easily. And last but definitely not least, you have to immortalize it because now you've done such a great work with your booth, you don't want you know, bad pictures to ruin it. Once again, it's, it's an investment, but as you said, Alex... This professional photo can be featured in, I don't know, the fair magazine or on Instagram or on any media and you will add them to your portfolio and that will make your career grow and you will be proud of this photo because you have made such an effort to create the booth so now you want some picture to immortalize it. And then when the the fair arrives... (laughs) finally arrives, my advice would be to present well. I'm not speaking about the, the clothes you wear, I don't care actually. But um the attitude you have you have to be welcoming by every means. I don't know, use the body language. Avoid crossing your arms, avoid crossing your legs, smile the more often you can. Try not to eat on your booth. Of of course, I'm not uh, asking you to starve, (laughs) but, you know, have a break and take a, a quick bite a few meters away. And yeah, try not to be too much on your cell phone as well, because it can be, you know, people will feel they are interrupting you. So they might be, they might feel a bit embarrassed to come. And so if you look very welcoming This will encourage people to enter to your booth and maybe talk to you. And another great way to attract people is to do a performance in or in front of your your booth. So it can be actually anything. I've seen different artists doing one and it's always a great way to create a buzz. So I don't know, you can draw on a paper, you can paint, you can make a sketch, you can do some pottery, I don't know, whatever you're good at. And this will gather many people, again, I can tell you, because it's so fascinating to see the process of creation. So performance is always a great way to make people come to your booth. And then when you have all these people around, you have to be able to speak about any of your pieces in one or, let's say, two sharp sentences. We want this brief to be short and relevant. And this would be a very nice introduction to (laughs) fish-interested visitors. Oh, yeah, another one. Please, please, artists, please don't only focus on people looking wealthy. That's something which pisses me off a lot because, you know, you you don't judge a book by its cover. And when I was at TFAF, there were these huge collector, huge collectors, but who were looking like hobos. I'm telling you, hobos. So it, it's just no, not relevant. And even if, you know, they are wealthy, they won't like to be kind of urged or forced uh, to buy your art. And, you know, desperate never sell <laughs> so yeah above all like you could miss other potential buyers so uh, no focusing on people looking wealthy keep your eyes and mind fully opened and it would be it would be better another thing would be to take credit card this is a silly one but you know most of people will prefer to pay by cards and now there are some very convenient apps that you can use I'm thinking about Square, but uh, I'm sure there are plenty of others. And finally, do care about the packaging, please. Because, you know, the buyer, no matter the price he has just paid, he will expect you to pack properly his piece because he's very proud to have bought this one. And you have made so much effort to, to create it, so... It would be a shame, you know, not to pack it properly. And it might not be a sell breaker if you don't. But, you know, it would end the deal on a neg- negative note. And, you know, we don't, we don't want that. So, yeah. And, of course, be persistent because, you know, art fairs are like marathons and not sprints. So um, if you don't sell a lot and if you don't see the benefit right after, like, Stay positive, and I'm sure your work will eventually pay off.
0: Wow. There is so much value in Pauline's answer here, everybody. And I just want to take a moment just to let it sink in and just kind of sum it up for you all. First of all, thank you, Pauline. This is like so much. This is exactly what I feel, and I'm, I'm glad to bring it out here. You know, just talking about how to prepare and how to you know make the most of the experience send out those invitations send a newsletter call on your clients use social media and i really like what you said about engaging people emotionally talk authentically about your feelings whether it's excitement or even anxiety or stress about being in the show but try to keep it as positive as you can but you know really be authentic so people care and you get that they get excited to actually come support you create a budget so important and sometimes it's important to just Spend what you need to spend, but make sure you record it. Make sure you know as you go so that you're aware and you know what your targets are and what you're looking for in in the future. Make sure you're including all the costs, the hotels, the shipping. You can minimize your costs by getting different quotes from suppliers, whether that's packaging or shipping. In many cases, do not take the first thing you hear. I mean, there's so many shipping options out there, so really, really look around make plenty of to-do lists. I do love to-do lists actually, and I have plenty of them, and I do like organizing them by topic. So you can have a shipping to-do list, you can have a booth setup to-do list, and try to keep those organized. You could keep them on a single Google Drive folder that's called Superfine New York to-do list or whatever, and, you know, within it have them organized. I think it's a really great way to go about it. Bring extra pieces. Absolutely. You are there to sell and you want those backups because it like Pauline said, if you have that white space on your wall, you are wasting your time and money because you paid for that wall. So, you know, have something to go on it. Bring affordable pieces, whether that's small pieces, prints. And the way you summed up the reason behind that, Pauline, is something we've said a million times. You know, you might walk out of an art fair and you might not make your money back. But if you've made 10 new collectors, you have done more than that. So, having those smaller pieces and prints, remember somebody walking in an art fair, they don't know you yet. So, they may not drop two, three, four, five, ten thousand $10,000 on your work. Even if your work is incredible, they may need to get to know you. Sometimes it happens. Don't get me wrong. There's that person walks in and they, they love it. They want it. That's it. But many times that's not the case. So having those smaller pieces and those prints, things you can sell affordably, it's a great way to build a collector who can then get to know you. you can nurture that relationship over the years and turn them into a much larger collector beautiful booth goes without saying, again, we're not saying like, you know, like gold plate it, but just make <laughs> clean, beautiful, you know, really nicely curated. We make that easy for you with super fine. Many of the fairs do keep your space clear. And I'm glad you said it because I don't want to, but it's so true, but minimal furniture. I mean, you don't need, you know, four chairs and a table for your laptop. Honestly, don't bring your laptop. I mean, we talked about, you know, kind of Staying away from your phone, we'll bring that up in a minute, but like you don't need a laptop at a show, you really don't. So, you don't need a table and you don't need a, a lot of chairs, just a, a place to get off your feet for a moment, but keeping a clear space that you fill with energy, not with furniture, really important. And lastly, immortalize it, invest in a professional photographer to shoot your booth, super helpful. And also, you know, when you're applying for a gallery show, a grant, another art fair, whatever it may be, having those images showing that you know how to curate and you know how to make your work look good is almost as important as how good the work itself actually looks. And bring a welcoming attitude to the fair and your body language is, is like vital. I'm walking past. I'm a, I'm a potential buyer. Mm-hmm. If your arms and legs are crossed and you're frowning and you're, you know, you're eating like ramen noodles and whatnot. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to interrupt you. I don't even want to walk into your space. I mean, there's, especially when there's 50, 60, 70, 80, hundred other places I could walk into. And I don't know anybody here yet. I'm going to avoid you. It's very simple. So, you know, be welcoming, smile, invite people in. And so important. I mean, obviously I would say about the eating and drinking thing, like, of course you should eat and drink if you're at an art fair for 38 hours in a weekend, but make it a moment, like ask your neighbor, Hey, would you mind just watching my booth for, you know, 10 minutes? I'm just going to pop off to the cafe, do that. Give yourself an honest break. instead of like, you know, hastily shoving food in your mouth, And it's kind of a lose lose situation. So, you know, go off to the cafe, hang up a sign, put your cell phone number on it, ask a neighbor, you know, try to find a way that you don't have to be standing there eating. Doing a performance in front of your booth, if that's, you know, permitted with the fair and the organizers, I know we have certain bylaws about that, but um, it depends on the show. And, you know, a lot of times, even if we have those, you can request to do it and it does draw people in. So whether you're drawing on a paper or painting, doing a performance, um, sometimes that can be worked into the fair's program. We've had artists who are also performance artists and they ask us in advance and we can work it into the program if if it fits the curatorial vision of the show. So, you know, it's definitely something you can do. I like this one a lot. Be ready and able to speak about any of your pieces in one or two short sentences. So vital. And another one, Pauline, again, I'm glad you brought it up. We talk about it a lot. Please don't focus on the people who look wealthy, the proverbial fur coat and diamonds. I mean, don't judge a book by its cover because the guy or gal in the sweatpants could be your next biggest collector And even when they are truly like wealthy collectors and you know who they are, or maybe, maybe you feel it's obvious to you, they don't want to be singled out and targeted. They have their own taste and you still just want to treat them the same, invite them to look at your work, not press them to do so. So keep your eyes and mind open to who might be your next collector. And simple, but take credit card. I've actually been there where I'm at an art fair and maybe I'm in another country. I'm in Paris or Mexico City and I don't have, you know, tons of cash in that local currency i just want to use my card so please be ready for that it's everyone is going to ask everybody almost everyone prefers it get an app like square or there's others out there paypal even has a mobile processor so definitely want to take credit cards and taking care of the packaging for the buyers at superfine we actually provide that free of charge so any any work you need package for your buyers we do it uh, but if, we, if the fair does not offer that make sure that you have the materials and are able to do it because they're going to want that they're not bringing their own bubble wrap to an art fair they don't even know they're going to buy art when they walk in the door so be ready for that because it just makes their life easier and makes the transaction go smoother we are going to take a quick break and paul and we'll come right back pauline is going to tell you more about art fair magazine and about art fairs much more but first a quick message from our sponsors
1: new york city san francisco los angeles and yes miami These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world slash offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. So Pauline. Recently,
0: you also started interviewing art dealers for your magazine, and galleries also do participate in art fairs along with artists. What is your advice on how a gallery might help an emerging artist sell their work and gain traction?
2: It's, it's funny you ask this one, uh, because I, I really care um, about galleries. <laughs> uh, you know, we live in a ultra-connected digital world, and millennials, <laughs> <laughs> artists, i have been born and raised in this world. And they are doing a great thing when it comes to self-promotion. You know, they are getting more and more inventive to get that their work out of the studio. And I think that's just brilliant. And they are so great. But for many of these young artists, galleries are just like dinosaurs. They are part of the past and they don't think they are very useful anymore. And it's not true, like completely untrue. The great thing with art dealers, when they are good art dealers, that is that they truly fight for the artists they represent. I mean they have chosen them and they like their work. So they will defend their interests so so fiercely and they will spread the art and they will help them to grow and evolve in, you know, their artistic uh, journey. Okay, let's take here um, an example. There is uh, this British artist um, who is also a gold gilder that I love. And her name is Lena Iris Victor. So she has become widely known on Instagram by simply posting pictures of her work, mostly some futuristic, um, gilded, and I think absolutely gorgeous uh, self-portraits. And she has today almost 80,000 followers. And she has built a career just by herself. But you know, she has recently created a, a shift and she's now represented by Marion Ibrahim, who is a very talented Chicago-based um, art dealer. So it's just to tell you that even if you think you can you can do great without a gallery, and I'm sure you can, gallery can be a game changer, it can be a true opportunity and give a gallery can give you a, a real boost uh, in your career. I think it's important to say that galleries, even the the more important ones, like the blue chip galleries, are not only for star artists because through my interviews I've spoke with as you said major contemporary art dealers and what has surprised me the most is that they really want to help uh, young artists like that, they are looking for emerging talent and they they really want to promote artists that are not known yet and for example um, with Kamel Menour who is the nicest guy ever. Also, he represents huge name as Anish Kapoor or Daniel Buren, he has built the career of some very young artists who had no recognition before. We can speak about uh, Camille and Neil Belufa or Alicia Quaid. There are many others. Or uh, Max Setzler, another gallerist. He represents, you know, Ai Weiwei, Glenn Brown, Julian Schnabel, a huge name like this. But he has created a foundation to promote emerging art- artists. And this foundation organizes exhibitions, solo shows, and has an artist residency as well. So don't be shy, don't be afraid to connect to connect with galleries. Of course, it's not one-step process. You have to first pick a gallery you like, and then you know you can visit it quite often just, you know, so people that are working there can recognize you, see oh my god, this guy was already there two months ago, oh, you know, it's this guy we have seen at our exhibition last month, and so your face (laughs) will be known by, by all the staff in this gallery, and one day you will start talking to one of them, but not about your art, maybe more about what what they are doing, how it resonates uh, with you, and finally, like final step, introduce your art, but in a, in a very humble manner, like saying, "I love what you are doing. I think your your work is 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 amazing. And look, this is my my work, and maybe one day we could do something together. I would be so honored, and it could work. and if it doesn't go right, like if it, you think it, it's not good for your career, you can always step back. But it's definitely worth it to, to give a gallery a chance.
0: I totally agree. I mean, I think, you know, what I really take out of that is just don't be shy, you know, make the connections. And, you know, you may be this like super established gallery and you think like, oh my gosh, like I don't fit in at all. Uh, but even in this day and age when, you know, galleries, are changing the role of a gallery in the art market is changing, admittedly, like us being a fair that works primarily with artists. We definitely see that with a lot of friends in the gallery world. We're actually interviewing one right after this, you know, the type of gallery that really fights for their artists, regardless of whether they're like blue chip or whatever, if they really, really fight for their artists and can, you know, they are eager to grow younger emerging artists into, you know, the level of some of these bigger names, don't be shy about like making their acquaintance, becoming honestly, friends beyond just networking and, you know, and and don't be scared. I think that's a really good message to take out of it. I want to kind of wrap this up and kind of ask you one more question here, Pauline, about art fairs. And I think it's really relevant to Superfine and to all the other art fairs out there that are kind of figuring out what we're doing next. What do you think is the future of art fairs once we're getting back in person? Like, what what do you think are the changes we're going to see?
2: You know, before COVID-19, the model of art fair have proved effectiveness. <laughs> so, you know, there were these shows and they were gathering thousands of collectors, curators and art lovers and they were showcasing all these artworks and people were buying them. So the model worked, but with the pandemic, of course, uh, stopped as be- fairs have been postponed or canceled for more than a year and they have been forced to be creative like art fairs had to find a way to interact with people and to reach their collectors and basically to survive so they fully entered into uh, the digital world and you know digitalization began before uh, COVID-19, but it definitely have uh, accelerated the process. And so they have invested in all these amazing digital tools. You have seen plenty of, of, of VR, like online viewing rooms now of many kinds, like some very immersive experience or simply, uh, you know, an online PDF and many art fairs have uh, opened an online shop, and you guys, I, I've, I've done it as well. And it's so, so great to have a e shop. You can browse many artworks from your sofa and, and buy it. And I think all this digital side is great and has been very helpful, but it definitely not it's it's not enough. And I think nothing will replace a physical event. Like you don't have the energy, you don't you you don't see the art in the flesh, you can't shake hands, you can't really meet people. So of course like on-site events will take place again and people are so eager to, to, to come back. But I'm I think because say like collectors and visitors have evolved a little bit through this past year the more uh, the most successful, successful fairs will be the one that will succeed in having an hybrid model with you know one physical event and at the same time one online program which can include a virtual tour of the fair for the for people who can't go to the fair like the f- physical fair with talks uh, like an shop, And a few days ago, Art Dubai took place and it was actually the first art fair to take place in 2021. And it has been a huge success. And I think that they, they found the, the right balance between a physical event and the, the virtual program. And once again, commercially speaking, it has been a great success. Uh, regarding the way visitors behave, it's quite difficult to say for now because, you know, the art market isn't back to a kind of normality. But I think uh, visitors are so eager to go back to fairs. And in September, you had Art Paris, uh, which took place. And once again, it was the only art fair to take place in a while. And its director, Guillaume Piens take this huge challenge And once again, it has been such a success. So I'm not worried at all about the future for art fairs. I'm sure we will get back to a kind of normality, but I think it's going to be like a neighboring model, as I said. And the other thing is maybe collectors won't cross the world as they were doing before. Uh, In the 10... Let's say the last 10 years, the major art fairs like Art Basel or FIAC or Friis, Tefaf had such a a big piece of cake. (laughs) I don't know if I can say that. And, And so it wasn't very easy for not the minor fairs, but the less star fairs, which were struggling because they were in the shadows of these massive events. And when it comes to visitors, I think it's it's a bit too early to see the impacts of COVID-19 on the way they behave uh, because, you know, the art market isn't back to a kind of normality. But what is obvious is that they are so eager to come to fairs again and to meet in person and to buy. And a good example is Art Paris, who took place in September, It was such a a challenge for its uh, director, Guillaume Piance, because everyone was telling him it was very risky. But it took its chance, and actually it has been a huge commercial success. I'm sure Collector will be there, but I think they will now favor nearby fairs rather than uh, crossing the world. Maybe it's not going to last, Maybe it will, like no one knows for now. And because collectors will probably give the chance to more regional fairs, they didn't usually go. This will help these not lesser known, but lesser media covered um, fairs to grow and prosper. And you know, this is great because you have so many regional fairs like Art Paris, once again, or Masterpiece, or Brafa, and there are hundreds. <laughs> they are so qualitative, but they were struggling to survive because they were in the shadow of the mastodons like Art Basel, Fiac, Tifaf, um, Fries. So this could be a new deal. This could rebalance a little bit the world of art Fairs and I think this is very interesting. And final thing, it's regarding the art dealers, because you were asking me who is exhibiting and how. And I've talked to many art dealers, so they still want to do many fairs. So it's not a matter of who, but maybe a matter of how, because during this year, they have completely rethinked the way they were doing their job. They have connected more with their clients. They have organized some lunches. They have met very small meetings. They have called the, the clients. And so they fight to once again to survive. I'm not sure they will spend so much money on doing dozens of art fairs as they were doing before. I think that they will privilege one, two, maybe three very Uh, qualitative fairs that meets their collectors and that's all so maybe some of the fair will reduce the number of the exhibitors but otherwise I'm very confident about their future
0: yeah and I I couldn't agree with you more I think you know a couple things that you hit on here like the hybrid model creating that balance of physical and virtual programming I think is really important to the survival of art fairs. And, you know, I do agree like the digital side alone is not enough because we're really, we're here for the energy of the physical event and seeing work in person. And so many of us like myself included, were eager to come back in person both as an art fair connoisseur and visitor and as an art fair owner and director, like, I want to see this happen in person, but having that virtual program too and having it be thoughtful and, make sense, including tours, e-commerce, talks, other things is really important. And I also really agree with you, you know, I mean, I don't think that we're going to like completely see a loss of these major, major art fairs like Art Basel, but it definitely is clearing the way for the more regional fairs to get, you know, more recognition and, you know, for local collectors to not necessarily be like, okay, I'm going to fly to Hong Kong to, you know, see art, but maybe investigate more what's in their immediate area. So that gives a lot more ability for like local and regional art fairs and art businesses to thrive. Um and I like your your kind of summary there of just like really it's not so much who but how, you know, how will artists and dealers do fairs and how that'll change the dynamics and it's not necessarily going to be like it was with galleries and artists doing dozens of fairs all year but really kind of thinking and being thoughtful focusing their energy on a few fairs that really meet their collector goals. So I Totally agree with you. And I cannot wait till we're back in person doing fairs again. And I do have to kind of wrap this up here, but I think, Pauline, this has been a wonderful conversation packed with value for our listeners. Let's bring it home for everybody out there. What would be a call to action that you want to share with our listeners so they can take full advantage of all that Art Fair Mag has to offer them in terms of information and anything else you have available to our listeners?
2: Of course visit art fairs and for that go check our website and see our calendar because we put so much effort in keeping it updated so it's a very relevant calendar and it's actually the only calendar then that lists every art fair and now every ovr so of course it's free just check out the, the calendar and Hopefully, in the next few months, you you will be able to plan your next uh, fair to visit.
0: Guys, you heard it here: Art Fair Mag's calendar. They put a lot of time and energy into it. It's totally comprehensive and totally free. If you're an artist, an art entrepreneur, a collector listening here, I mean, get on there and find out what's happening because things will be happening. I know we're planning at least three fairs in 2021 and more in 2022. So you know, really be on the the, the front edge of that and. Also, check out all the virtual programming going on out there. Thank you, Pauline.
2: Thank you, Alex.
0: You're, you're very welcome. And to all of you business artists out there, Pauline has been here with us today sharing amazing perspective and great tips with all of you. You're definitely going to want to go back and take notes. You can listen to this episode and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Pauline, again you can follow her at Art fair Mag on Instagram and also visit www.artfairmag.com for all these amazing interviews with art fair directors, dealers and this comprehensive free calendar to all art fairs which I think is so helpful to artists who want to find out what's going on in the world. As always, remember that we are Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. And we always appreciate a share or a story whenever you're listening to and enjoying and benefiting from the artist business plan, which I very much hope you are. And once again, we would always, always appreciate it. If you could take just a moment of your time and write us a review on Apple podcasts, the ratings and reviews that listeners like you write are so critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs, just like yourselves, find us and benefit from our listeners and our audience and our guests, amazing perspective in the community we've built And as always, I would love to wrap up this class by sharing a quick quote with you all. Today, the quote is, The will to succeed is important, but what's more important is the will to prepare. And that's Bobby Knight. And it ties in really nicely with Pauline's answers. Pauline, It has been such a pleasure chatting with you today. I'm grateful to you for being here and sharing your perspective with our listeners and with myself. Thank you again.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. The pleasure was all mine. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen for yourselves. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO, Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist, James Milley. Join us in leaders in the art, marketing and business arenas each week for tips, tricks and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We'd love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at world, and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world. money at